See, I was thinking it's, it's like Jimmy like, Dean, homie. It's like when you make grape Kool-Aid, but don't add enough sugar, and then you because I never measure it out; I just pour out of the bag. Oh, grape cool! Oh, perfect! They're on a lightly sweetened grape Kool-Aid with um, Jimmy Dean sausage smell. That's what we fucking got. I'm glad we don't do wines. Can you imagine how we describe wines? It's like that one is like <laughs> fuck. It's like sour Kool-Aid, sour grape Kool-Aid, and fucking Jimmy Dean sausage. It's it's like somebody farted into a glass of grape juice and then poured it over a barrel fire. Dude, have you ever had uh, what back when we were drinking? Did you ever try that uh, Lagavulin, the really expensive Scotch from oh, no. uh, like the Highlands, the single yeah, yeah. whatever, like, yada, 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 like all the Lafregs and shit. Yeah, I'm yeah sure, whatever. No, it, I know, but it's, I mean, it's I used what, to have to sell uh, it, but it's what the dude from Parks and Rec would mm. always drink, Lagavulin. Uh, yeah, it's really gross. Actually, we when I lived in Denver, we found a place that was doing like a prime rib dinner, uh-huh. and they had it on there. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't care if it's like seventeen bucks. Like, I want to try a shot of this just to yeah, try yeah. it." And for like a millisecond, it was that thought of like, "That's really smooth, like oh. full body good whiskey." And then it tasted like licking a house fire. Like you just licked an ash. It was like, "Oh man." I get that, like, smoky or whatever. Like, I see why people smoke cigars and drink this bullshit. Yeah, because like, you got to cover the fucking flavor. Yeah, and eat, like, bone marrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, when I when I was taking care of the, um, the PGA golfers that were coming through, I, I gave up all my other like, tables. And like took, taking care of them behind the shed? Yeah, of course. Like with your bare hands? Well, that's why I had the parking spot near the restaurant, okay? Right, just making sure. I, that's always a given, okay? That, that's service with a smile. Okay. However, jacking off John Daly. <laughs> yeah. I, not only do I got a great story, I don't have to catch none of the cum, and it fucking tips great. But anyway, back to the story. And then he gave me an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You were taking care of PGA golfers? <laughs> and they were fucking buying Johnny Walker blue for like the bar. Their bow, their bowl for four guys was like three grand. Easy. Uh-huh. Just and they bought me a shot of Johnny Walker Blue and I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, why is that thirty five dollars a shot? Dude, I've because I sipped it. I didn't fucking down it. I wanted to taste it I, because it was thirty five dollars shot. I've had Johnny Walker Black was the highest like level of Johnny Walker mm. and that shit's disgusting. The blue was not. I'm like, why the fuck would you pay thirty five dollars for this? I mean, I, I bought a buddy of mine. He just got, he just got back from Iraq because he, he was in when I was in. He decided to reenlist, so he got to go through all that shit. He got back, and he was going to retire. I bought him a bottle that was like 600 bucks, and he fucking complained the whole time because he was real excited to get it because we've been talking about Johnny Walker Blue Forever before I even had it. And he, he should, I should have known because he warned me. He's like, mm, dude, it's, <laughs> that's going to sit for a while. Not because it was expensive, because I ain't drinking, motherfucker. Right. I'm like, okay. Well, 
Speaking of Iraqi veterans and the things that they do, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Pfeff and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino and I'm the other one of your hosts. And Every fucking time. And this week, we are talking about 2015's Green Room. Oh, the Green Room. (laughs) Written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, starring Anton Yelchin as Pat, Imogen Poots as Amber, and the one and only Patrick Stewart as Darcy. Damn. So, James. Yeah. I think we should plow right on ahead. Fuck. I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Nazis? And how did you like Green Room? I am not a fan. They get up to such a shenanigans and... Yeah, that was a rhetorical yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Did I like the movie? Upon retrospect, yes. And I will tell you why. Because it hit, I don't care if it was intending to hit every button I've got. From the scene to everything, having been through all of it, it was like they looked in my head and said, what would scare you the fucking most in your life that is an actual threat? What would scare you the fucking most? And this entire movie is... My primal fear. Yep. Being the only Mexican Jew in a... And these aren't just your run-of-the-mill guys you see at a show that talk shit and have a Nazi flag and get into fights and drink a lot. These are the ones like I met when I was in fucking Idaho or when I was doing wind turbines in those states where they have 10 people. That's why this is set in the Pacific Northwest. And you... Okay, I will tell you... I can usually smell a Nazi. I know what they look like. I know how they talk. Got to be real aware of that shit. Because you, you don't, I don't want to surprisingly find myself in a room with a Nazi. I need to know what side of the yard to stand on, okay? But you occasionally run across somebody that's the real fucking deal. And you look them in the eye. And you are chilled to the fucking bone. Because you know they're connected. They're sincere, which are the scariest ones. I know a bunch of guys that run, you know, I know guys that run with some heavy clicks and have to say the rhetoric. They, they may not be down for it, but they're in the club. They got to say what they got to say. But when you met the real fucking deal, it's the scariest goddamn thing you ever saw in your life. And I was surrounded by this, this entire movie for the whole time. I was on fight or flight, crank to 11. I had to stop the movie. My heart was beating this entire movie. Like from the, from the time they played the first song, which I'm like, Ah, no, that wrong song, wrong song, wrong song, wrong song, wrong Not the read the room, motherfucker. Read well, the room. the first song they play is Legalized Drugs. Oh, I'm sorry. Fear. I'm sorry. The, well, not really even. No. They play the intro. Yeah. Uh, but you know the one I'm talking about. Now, I was just like, no. Oh, right. I'm surprising it's warm. I'm sorry. We can get to the movie. I'm, so uh, right off the top, I do want to address something. Um, we do usually have a very strict policy. We do not do anything that's racist. There's a reason that we're not doing like a cannibal holocaust or green inferno. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing that. And uh, again, the, the rape thing, we try and avoid that. But I I don't think this falls under racist in attitude. But we we are going to get into some heavy subjects and uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't avoid it when you talk about green room. And I am the first one to go fuck no. And, and I figured out the delineation of how I can see it depicted. Because in some movies, you see it depicted, but they still make it look cool even though they're doing heinous shit. Yeah. 
That is, again, I have a big problem with watching a lot of stuff. There's the, some show that was on uh, Amazon that mm-hmm. I think had Al Pacino where they were like hunting Nazis. Right. It's like, yeah, man, stop giving Nazis platforms. Mm-hmm. Stop whatsoever depicting Nazis as any kind of cool or rad. Well, it's or like smoking aces. Fucking t- yeah, exactly. Uh, that kind of shit pisses me off to the core. Mm-hmm. But what I will give this movie is it is a very apt fucking depiction of the ultra right wing in America. They didn't pull punches. No. In fact, they may have. I mean, I don't think they went over the top at all either. No, and they are not depicted as being cool or smart. Their fucking rhetoric is dog shit. They're a bunch of dipshit. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> no, but you do know. I don't know much about this director, except I saw one of his other movies, okay? I don't know anything about him personally, but... Blue Ruin? I th- whatever that- one we watched. We, didn't we watch another no. one of his movies? Okay. Uh-uh. No, I saw another Anton Yelchin movie, maybe? I don't know. Odd Thomas was the other that, Anton yeah. Yelchin. And, yeah, that's where my brain went. But, um, God, what were we fucking talking? I hate my head. Um, Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> And they, oh, the, the director actually must have either been in the scene or whoever wrote it with him because they had they had it down. The only thing that I thought was off was that fucking the bar wasn't dirty enough <laughs> and the green room wasn't nasty enough. But other than that, they pegged everything like they were there. Well, I think the reason that, again, everything was so clean is because they were manufacturing drugs, which is why they were so concerned about this is a fire hazard. Yes. We can't have anything happening here because it's a gigantic clusterfuck. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes better sense. Yeah. yeah, But, and it's a very uh, kind of interesting look at punk rockers as well because, I mean, granted, they are the victims, but being in this kind of situation... I don't want to say it's their fault, but I think it is the responsibility of not just punk rockers, but anyone in any scene. As soon as you see swastikas and Nazis, you either leave or you get them the fuck out of your space. Mm-hmm. And as far as them, you know, kind of shining a light on what punk rock really is when all of them go back on what their desert island bands would be. It's one of those things that it's kind of like Nazism that you don't meet a whole lot of old punk rockers because either they die, go to prison, Mm -hmm. or they realize this is bullshit. And they end up doing podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. This this hit so many of the right notes for me. Like, I knew it was in in my head. I'm sitting there because, you know, when I watch a movie, I'm in the movie. I'm there. So when the music started... Even in my head, I knew I was in a fucking Nazi club, but I had that same, like, I wanted to hit the pit. Why? Fuck it. I want to elbow some of these motherfuckers. Let's go. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it, oh, I was shaking three quarters of this movie with adrenaline. God damn this movie. Yeah, because, I mean, again, going back to the depiction of the Nazis, it, it it's dead on that there is the older man who is your sort of de facto leader, your Tom Metzger types, uh-huh. those motherfuckers. Uh, the, you've got your, like, actual true believers, the guys... Oh, the, the dude, down the motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. That, that are... I, it, again, I hate to say this, but, like, veterans, generally speaking. 
mm-hmm. are the upper echelons of these type of groups because they understand tactics. They understand the use of dogs. They yep. understand, and they're not stupid. And those are the scariest fucking kinds of Nazis, the ones that aren't stupid. That aren't stupid and are down for the cause, aren't just doing it to get power or money, that they really believe this shit. Yeah, and then you've got your low-level 21-year-old kids who are just dumb as fuck and... Like even Patrick Stewart has to remind them in that one scene, it's a movement, not a party. Mm-hmm. And that's again, why you don't see a lot of old Nazis because you hit 26, 27 and you realize this is stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't a Nazi. I'm not saying that. I, I know like, like a lot, a lot of skins on a scene back in my day were just an excuse to white boys to have a gang. Yeah. So a lot of them weren't even down with the, the racist shit, but they were part of that crew and that's what you do. And uh, a lot of them were casuals. And then they, well, you know, the casuals that hung out with them. But then, because I remember I used to be an overnight Denny's waiter out in Schiller Park, which is the asshole of nowhere, right? And uh, a couple guys, and I explained to them, I'm Polish and Mexican. Oh, well, you can come and hang out with us. And I'm like, no, dude, you guys are straight up racist. Oh, well, you know, a lot of Mexicans, they consider themselves white. I'm like, buddy, the minute something goes bad and the three of us are hanging out, Whose ass is going to get kicked? I'm pretty sure it's not yours. I'm pretty sure it's the Mexican guy that's going to get his ass kicked. We can say we're white for a couple seconds, but when the shit gets down... Oh, and by the way, the Polish half is Jewish. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. Well, you can deny that. And I'm like, dude, no, they were trying to get me to join them. And they weren't even affiliated. They were trying... They were uh, wannabes. They wanted to get affiliated. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. But I, oh, God, yeah. And that just kind of, because they do show things like that in this film, it shows the, I guess, weakness of Nazis, that they're willing to bend all of their rules mm-hmm. to do whatever will get them further ahead, I mm-hmm. guess. And it's never changed. Well, Nazis take a look haven't at it. changed. They're not going to. Huh. And When they wanted the one twin to sell the other one, it wasn't just for the cause. It was for the six hundred bucks, and then they're gonna get they're gonna get double money on the books while they're in the joint. Mm-hmm. That was just a cheap payment off the books, and they were arguing over where that six hundred dollars was gonna come from and how they were going to market for allocated funds. Yeah, like, wow, that is such a Nazi move. God damn, yeah, they had it. And is it? And I really wanted to like look at it too. That like they don't shy away from depicting punk rockers as also just dumb. Oh yeah. Because that's what this movie is. It's a bunch of dumbasses mm. who got themselves into a dumb situation, and it's not good for anyone, anything, ever. And it, it's all shit that could have been very easily avoided. And that's what makes this movie so goddamn impactful. Well, how many times? How many times in your career? Crusting around, I'll use myself as an example. Have I put myself in some ridiculous situations because I was all kinds of fucked up? Yeah. And so that also made it hit even harder for me because I would never go to a oh you know this there there's some uh, uh, a bunch of Nazis up there at this encampment, but they got a great club and you can open for the band and the whole shot and uh. I would have noped out of that, but I've been around some shit where I absolutely, I, I'm sitting there with some gangs that I didn't even know who, what their affiliation was, and they're all strapped, and I'm like, I need to go now. Yeah, I, back in my uh, junkie punk rock days, like, I, I wouldn't go to parties with the fucking Grand Rapids skins. Oh, absolutely no. not. Mm-mm. 
I mean, I had met them here and there. You so see them at shows. I mean, yeah, and yeah, I don't want to be around people like that because they're fucking insane, violent assholes, and they're unpredictable as shit. Uh huh. And they're just unpleasant people, and their rhetoric is bullshit, and you can see it when they want to go get a bag of Coke or whatever. Like, mm. oh, you don't actually believe in anything. You just want the attention because you want to be a fucking outsider, and you think that you're being a rebel, but you're fucking not. And if you, like, say, for example, I, I told you about the time I went to the uh, Straight Edge show with a buddy of mine, and I told well, not buddy, but a guy I know. I was like, buddy, don't spark up, don't fuck up. They're, they don't play here. Okay, okay. Fucking going to the bathroom. And he's getting faced into the sink right there at the Metro. Just bang. Knocked the center of his face out around. His entire nose was pulped. All the front teeth were gone. And I just said, hey, fucking, he's had enough. Because if they would have decided that he wanted to, there was nothing I could do. But I, you know, hey, hey guys, he's had enough. Come on, come on, come on. This, this doesn't mean worse. If you kick him again, he might die. You want that? You know? But I'm like that's the true believers right there. I'm not saying they were Nazis, but I'm saying that they were so down for their cause that they were willing to send a motherfucker to the hospital for six weeks for smoking a joint in the bathroom because they were down for their cause. Oh, and yeah. they pegged all that shit. Yeah, I, I mean, next to the Pacific Northwest, I mean, Chicago is just riddled with Nazis. Okay, well, you want to know where they got the... Biggest con- one of the biggest concentration in Nazi groups in the United States. Right here in the old mitten, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had resistance records was started out of Detroit. Yeah. So we, <laughs> you, you don't have to look far to see a Nazi in Michigan, homie. No, it, it's... I went to a job interview, and I'm halfway through the interview. I saw the guy with the SS stripes, and I'm like, this isn't going to work out, is it? And they're like, no. I was like, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. And I just... Ugh. And this movie's so intense because it's, it, there's no supernatural element whatsoever. It is just straight up human terror. And I think that's what, I think not only the Nazi connection, but just hearing how intense it is from mm. other people. Because this movie's very notorious. And when I told you that I wanted to do it, you went, oh shit. Because mm-hmm. you had heard about it. Yeah. And, and I was uh, like, this can't be good. Do, do you think it lived up to all of the hype about it just being this intense, violent film? Okay. I didn't hear, a, when I heard about it, I knew vaguely that it had some rough topics and I knew it had Nazis, which is why I went, oh, fuck, not this movie. I did not know it was known to be that violent or that intense. And if I really compare it to violence we've seen in other movies, I can't say that it's more. But because of the way that they found to ratchet up my anxiety throughout that whole movie, because you know the music they played, every fucking song they played was geared to drive a punk rocker to jump. It was there. It was the right bass notes. It was the right drops. It was the right everything. So I'm keyed from the music. I'm keyed from the uncomfortability of the situation. So when they showed that violence, and again, you said because it was unnaturalistic, it could happen. Yeah. When, in, when in, he got in America, cut in the arm. Every day. Other movies would have played it up. And he's spouting buckets of blood. No, they showed. And what really got me is the, the first box cutter. Oh, shit. 
Yeah. Because I have skin deers, and I've seen a guy get cut open in a bar. And what they got right, and I almost horked in my living room, was they got the underskin fat that was still, t- and as it ripped and up. peeling away, yeah. I saw a guy get clipped with a, a hunting knife at a bar in Jersey City. <laughs> and they even had the sound right, and it was horrific. But I've seen similar things in other movies, but what made that sting and freak me out worse is because it's happened, and those are real people. It's not a supernatural threat. No. These, these aren't you, you shoot them they're gonna stay down but there's a lot of them and there's only one of you and they know shit and fuck you you're just a knucklehead and i think that's like we kind of touched on what makes it even more terrifying is that these are your superhuman nazis these are dudes these are, are capable and willing of this kind of brutality and violence at the drop of a hat and if you've been on the scene you know if they're not on heroin or meth they're so drunk they can't see yeah or they're very sober, and those are the ones that you need to watch out mm. for. Yeah. Hence the facing in the, uh, the sink. Yeah, don't move. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it so constant, too, is that we see a lot from the Nazis' point of view. And even the slow parts, watching them plan how they're going to get away with this murder, because they probably can. They probably, they probably did probably it before. Will. This, it, they made the plan so quick and so plausible, it's as if it's either from a playbook or it's not the first time this shit's happened. And to be so cold and how many, how many are left inside? Mm-hmm. Two, how many shots do you have? Three, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or my last request is that, because he, he gives that dog a shot. He says, yeah. my only, I would consider it a personal favor if he died with meat in his teeth. That would be a personal, yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. That is more chilling than any boogans that you could possibly conjure up in a film. Because what they've done, what they said to that is that he's capable of love, relationships, everything. And capable of this horrific act all in the same time. (coughs) Humanized the monster. You know? And they didn't do it in such a way that I felt bad for him because he fucking did what he did. Uh Uh-huh. But you're like, he's a human. And a human capable of that evil. Just that banal evil. It wasn't about the cause. It was about the fucking drugs and the money. Yep. And that made it even worse. You know? Because then anybody in that camp is capable because the money is the money and we're all busted. Fuck these people. And to be so manipulative that you can convince these young men to do these horrible acts for you... Under the guise of, you'll get red laces, effectively. Mm-hmm. You'll be deeper into this club. Right. And the, the willingness, again, just like Nazis do, the willingness to throw aside any piece of humanity to, oh, okay, well, we have to do this. We have to kill these people now. See, but this is because I'm familiar with a lot of gang culture. That's just gangster bullshit. They threw Nazis on top of it. Nazis have always been gangsters, huh? Right. But what I'm saying... Since 1929, Nazis have been fucking gangsters. But what happens is when you watch this shit, don't think it's any different than the mafia, than the tongs, than the street gangs. It's all the same shit, the same indoctrination, the same, the only safe with this crew, your only strength comes from here. We are your family now. 
any disenfranchised. That's why they swarm out there because how many people have got nothing and they got no hope, they've got no direction, they probably had no family. We're your family now. We got you. We got you. And especially if they've had a past, tra- it's just speaking as far as some of the Nazis that I've known, past trauma. Oh, hell yeah. Somebody of another race doing them harm on top of everything else. That's what leads these fucking kids down this road. And it's so manipulative and fucking evil oh. that it's bone chilling. And that's what makes this even scarier because they're just straight up willing to do this violence. Mm-hmm. Willing. (laughs) And I will say the gore effects on these were incredible. Absolutely perfect. Yep. You know, I just, even stuff that I've never seen personally, I would just imagine how it looked. Damn, did they just get it right. Yeah, when uh, the Daniel character, after he's flipped and he's trying to help them get out of the... Uh, complex or whatever, and he walks behind the bar to gro- go grab fucking shotgun shells. Oh, fuck. And is immediately shot in the head. Oh, my God. And it takes a second, because the impact looks real. I jumped <laughs> so hard. It scared the shit out of me. Luckily for me to be broke for a commercial, because every ounce of adrenaline I had in my body, I wish I had a heavy bag or something, or... 20 minutes in the pit because I was humming, humming hard. The entire scene where uh, Anton Yelchin runs into the heroin basement while uh, Imogen Poots hides under those couch cushions. Oh, man. That entire scene when she ends up slitting his throat or the guy up top slitting his throat. And just watching this young Nazi just breathing heavily because he doesn't want to be here, but he wants so desperately to keep being part of this fucking club. Mm-hmm. It's so goddamn tense because he's got three shots left. Yep. And she's, oh, she's goading him to shoot. Uh-huh. Goading him to shoot. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. She gets him to shoot her dead friend mm-hmm. in the leg. Yep. Oh, that was absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. And then all the little, like... The little subplots are there were two trying to escape anyway. You know, they were trying to get out of the life. Yep. And all this little shit, it, like, you could easily forget about it. And because I have trouble paying attention, I could have easily missed a lot of these little plot points because they came so fast and natural, yet they were effective. That's, I was briefly reading a little bit, and uh, the director of this film clearly has said, like, I don't like movies that feed you everything Mm -hmm. they are dropped in this situation you know as much as them right and And, (laughs) but that makes you noticing anything that much more rewarding because they're not spoon feeding you you're not listening to expo drop or at least obvious expo drop they obviously have to do something but again it seems so organic that you're rewarded for paying attention you're rewarded you don't have to because it's an amazing thing to look at and it, it keeps you on, on the edge the entire movie. But those little details are what makes me like this movie. Because I could have just said, this is a scary piece of shit. You know, it's just some Nazi bullshit. But they put so much in this movie that I'll never watch this movie again. Because I can't, my heart won't handle it. <laughs> it. I will have a fucking aneurysm. But 
having watched it once, if I was able to watch it again, I could probably see all the depth that they put in there that I missed because I guarantee for every one thing I caught, I missed five. So there's enough in this movie to, to revisit. Like some of the other movies we watched, I had to go back and rewatch it because I themes came up that we talked about. I had to revisit. Yeah. And I'm sure we could do that with this one. But no, this was a hard watch. I would recommend it, but I wouldn't watch it again fucking ever. And I think one of the things that very much, very much seals it for this film is the performances. Oh, my God. There is hardly a false note in this film. And if so, I think it's from the band. Mm -hmm. Like the... Uh, drummer and singer, I believe. I, th I think are the only two that I feel like really drop any sort of acting notes. Otherwise, I mean, Anton Yelchin is good, as always. He's a very good actor. Well, you can see, I didn't see a lot of change. I mean, there's an obvious change. The Skinbird's not about that anymore. But her personality, nothing about her really grew or changed. Because she was always a strong, whatever. She cried a little bit, but she was always pretty strong. I saw a, a character arc with Yelchin at the end of the movie. Did not seem like the same person. No, mm -mm. <laughs> I believe the events of the film changed him dramatically as a human being. But it showed even when he was in this depleted state from loss of blood, from shock, from all oh, oh, this man. shit is over. The look on his face, like whatever look I may have put in my face that I would have in that moment. It was completely erased by the, the dejectedness, the, oh, fuck, the, all this shit. The sequence with him and Imogen Poots, the uh, skinhead bro, yeah. sitting on the couch after she's been shot in the leg, his arm is fucking mangled. Mm -hmm. They're just sitting on the couch and he looks at her and says, shouldn't we be panicking? Yeah. It's these two people who are pretty much actively dying. Yeah. In this, in this situation. And he's saying, you know, like, I can't die here with you. Mm -hmm. Just, then don't. It, it's this insane scene where you would look at it and go, oh, well, that's not believable. But, like, yeah, kind of. Well, you're done. They're, they Honestly, I'm sure she was like, fuck, we're done. Yeah. It, it's basically them. The finale of this is, well, we haven't died yet. We have to do something. And one of the things that I thought might have happened because they had the shotgun shells and I thought maybe one of them was going to take the easy, the easy way out. Yeah. And that never came up. Nope. And, I, and, I was, and I think it said something for what I think of the scene back in the day. Because this is the new scene. This is modern. But I can't help but read my scene into it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's a, this movie hits on so many levels, dude. It's just, mm. Mm -mm. So, I want to get your opinion on something, yeah. too. And it's the character of Gabe. Gabe is the um, one that's like uh, he's, he's Patrick Stewart's right hand man to kind of. Yeah, he's the one at the end. Yeah, who, yeah. Gonna go call the cops. Yeah, and his character the entire time seems annoyed, basically, mm -hmm. that he is still doing this. And like he has nowhere else to go. Well, you know what he struck and me is as? He, yeah. Is he supposed to be played as a sympathetic character? Is that supposed to be the. Well, some people make mistakes and join movements like this when they're young and things happen to them that change their mind about this quote unquote movement and mm. their ideals and their beliefs. Uh, but, you know, where else are they going to go? So they're still stuck in this. Mm. Is Gabe a sympathetic character? Here's my here's my take on that. Number one, I saw Gabe as a clock puncher. Yes. 
every movement's got a clock, clock puncher. These are, they're not front line. They're not there. They got a position. He's going to run the books. He's going to make sure everybody does what you say. He's a good second-hand guy. He's, he's like, middle management. Yeah, he's just going to handle his functions. He don't even have to really believe in anything. He just has to be there. But at no point until the very, very fucking end when he's forced at gunpoint. When his back's against the wall. Right. Yeah. Does he ever make a decision to help? Does he ever make a, he could have made a diversion. He could have done something. So, fuck him. Exactly. That's At where no I was point, landing on this too. Because I wanted to see what you thought of that. Because I thought it was a very strange thing for them to do. To have his turn be at the very end. But it is also very realistic. Because when their back's against the wall, Nazis are fucking cowards. Mm-hmm. And when all, and he... We don't even know if he was really a Nazi. I don't give a fuck. You're in the situation. You're with that crew. You you stink like a Nazi. You look like a Nazi. Well, yeah. I mean, they kind of showed he had that the fucking war eagle or whatever on his right. chest. But you, you could tell this guy doesn't go out of the compound ever. Anything he needs to do is right there. His life is on the compound. So, he, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to really be down. No, that's what I was saying, though. Is yeah. Still, fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Because you know what? The reason people die is because people make the choice to not act. Exactly. So fuck that guy. And that's where I'm not saying any of the blame or whatever, but falls on those punk rockers because they should, the the band should have turned around immediately. Mm -hmm. They should have told that fucking Tad dude no. Right. And siphon gas all the way home. That fucking guy. Oh, the, the interview guy, Tad? Fuck that guy. He knew. He yeah. had to know. Oh, well, it's more, he, I mean, he told him it's mainly boots and braces up there, which if you're in the Pacific Northwest, that's, that means Nazis. Right. I'm sorry. And you're going to, I, and this is the one thing. They're going to a Nazi encampment with, with a woman in the band who does not necessarily skew 100% white. No. No. Who? You're going to go it, play a show. It's uh, Elias Shawkat. It's maybe from Arrested Development for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. But if I was her, I'd be like, um, you know. We should get the fuck out of here. We shouldn't even be here. I want to stay home. You, do you, you guys, you just hit, hit the open E string for the bass. I'm fucking with this. No, yeah. They should have left immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going back to is that it is everyone's responsibility to keep Nazis out of your spaces. Keep them on their fucking compounds because we're not going to get rid of these people. They're never going to go away. And you should have seen me shit my pants because I'm fucking, they're on this Nazi compound, right? And they go into Nazi punks fuck off. And I'm like, okay, bold move, you're a punk rocker, but fuck, know your audience. If, I, if he was my singer, I'd have hopped out behind my kit and fucking kicked him in the back at a, shut the fuck up, boom. Yeah. I would have sang the next song. I'd have fucked no, because they outnumber us. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Uh, and if they find out I'm circumcised, it'd be a bad day for me. One of the most... Sorry, getting back to casting... Oh, sorry. ...is uh, one of the scariest-looking fucking dudes in this film is the guy that stabs the lady in the head, Worm. Worm, oh my God. That dude, that is a terrifying motherfucker. Goddamn. You see dudes like that anywhere, run. Those, Get out of there. And it wasn't just the outward appearance. There is a look in your fucking eyes. That dead look. 
where you just don't give a fuck. And I was just like, oh, I don't know how they cast him, but I, I hope that guy gets some therapy because that is I, just not good. I, uh, I was looking him up on IMDb, uh-huh. and just him as a regular dude, yeah. he's actually kind of a handsome man. Like, he looks very different, but oh, man. Wow. He can look absolutely terrifying. I, he, he, he pegged it 100 fucking percent, dude. I, I, I was scared looking at him. I know he's an actor. I'm scared looking at him on goddamn screen. My other favorite performance, and again, it comes from one of the Nazis. My favorite performance, Big Justin. Oh, fucking love Big Justin. We all know Big Justin. Well, not love Big Justin, because no, but, he's still a fucking Nazi. No, but we all know that guy. The big dumb dipshit mm-hmm. who gets stuck doing all the shit work. Yep. It's like you got three bouncers, always a Justin bouncer. Yeah. I, I just love his interactions with the Nazi, other Nazis through the door. Yeah. And they tell him, give him the gun. Like, I just told you they tried to run at me. <laughs> and he's such a dickhead throughout. What oh. are you going to do when I let you up? I'm going to butt fuck everyone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Nazi I, or not, that was funny as fuck. Yeah, that actor's performance in this film is absolutely fantastic. At no point does he ever look anything but vaguely fucking annoyed and put out. Just like, Jesus Christ, either shoot me or shut the fuck up. Like, he hates all of this. Yes. And I love that he's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Even when he got up in the chair, I was just, oh, mm. Chef's kiss. Oh, when they snap his fucking arm. Oh. I've never, I've never seen an arm snap like that. I've seen arm snap, but not like that. And that, I, I, the, the effects, again, the gore effects are fucking ridiculous. At no point have we ever talked about the plot of this movie. Well, no, it's punk rockers go to a Nazi bar. There's a murder. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. And hijinks. Oh, lots of shenanigans. Mm. You know, dog murders. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, though. The use of feedback, that was great. Because I'm like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this dog situation? And it was plausible. It was kind of by accident. And they're like, it works. Do more. Do more. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's good. I, I like that. Yeah, it's just, like we said, it's a bunch of dipshits in a bad situation that they've gotten themselves into because they're all dipshits. Yeah. It's just a bunch of dum-dums. And the only one person had one skill. The, the jujitsu guy. Yeah. Which Anger. Yeah. Well, he had anger and a little training. Just a tiny bit of training, which was enough to fuck up the dumb Nazi. Yeah. He says, well, usually in tournaments, the guy taps and we get up and we hug and we all go get burgers. Yeah. What do we, what do, we do here? <laughs> he played him, too, just like a guy who's like in a punk band, but not really punk, but he's fucking good at it and kind of hangs around because, you know, you guys are crazy. So I think we've uh, uh, avoided the real uh, headline of this film. Hmm. Patrick Stewart. Oh, fucking. As a Nazi. God, that motherfucker can this, act. This may be one of his greatest roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's weird to say that because I think we went over that last week as well with Matt Dillon mm-hmm. in House That Jack Built. But holy fucking shit, is Patrick Stewart terrifying? Mm-hmm. The, I, the only thing I read about this whole thing, because I want to know how they fucking snag Patrick Stewart. And the bottom line is they asked him and he was just coming off doing all you know 
all good guys and Captain Picard and all that stuff. Yeah, he's being like, Patrick Stewart, everyone's favorite person ever. Right, he's like, fuck it, I'll do it. And that's how they got him. They asked him and he did it. And yeah. I, I love, first of all, those are my favorite stories. Any story that you ever hear where they say, fuck it, what's it going to hurt? I can just ask. I know it's never going to happen, but pie in the sky. And then all of a sudden, Bill Murray's at your house going, are we shooting today? Yeah. <laughs> From what I read, they sent Patrick Stewart the script and he read it. And was so freaked out by it that he got up, locked all of his doors, poured himself a brandy, and then decided, I have to do this because, it. yeah, I think he even he said, like, it's going to be a real test of my acting skills. And what I loved is it was understated. Mm-hmm. It, he is, his menace throughout this. Okay, first of all, we got we to gotta admit that uh, Patrick Stewart is Patrick Stewart for a fucking reason. Uh-huh. Sir Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. This motherfucker. So understated. The dread menace. The just absolute certainty of his conviction. The knowledge he has that he has all this cannon fodder. And just how he manipulates every scene in a Machiavellian way. And, just, and, and it's all just hinted at by the way he speaks. And he could have pulled you out with a bullshit accent. Everything was understated. The accent he used, you couldn't tell whether he was English or whether he had learned elocution lessons or, you know, something was a little bit off, but it was perfect for the character. And every single solitary note that he hit, I was just like, oh. Yeah, because he's not doing his usual Patrick Stewart, very loud and verbose. He's not, I don't want to say not acting, Right. But he's not doing like a Shakespearean performance. As you said, he's very understated, but the calmness to which he delivers all of these lines very much makes him a realistic human being and a strong figure, and that is what Nazis flock to. And, and, and scope this out. If you think about the way that Patrick Stewart acts, there is a still demeanor as Pat, Captain Picard. There is a still demeanor in his Shakespearean and a still demeanor in this person, but all three of those still demeanors are different and project a different thing. And just his physicality changes that stillness, just that little bit of way he moves changes it so much that you forget that you're looking at Patrick Stewart and you're seeing this fucking creepy Nazi fuck, which is a huge, bold move to have to embrace the character and make it so realistic and unlikable and scary and menacing and still carry on a career. That speaks to him. And one of the things they talk about, too, is that there's uh, the whole exchange through the door Mm -hmm. with him. They shot both sides of this, but only used the footage from Anton Yelchin so that they were having this actual conversation. And just hearing his voice, hearing his calmness, and then seeing his face Mm -hmm. absolutely just still thinking, constantly thinking how to manipulate these people out Mm. of this situation. And like you said, his body language, the way he carries himself with this confidence Mm -hmm. that they're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine, but we have to hurry. Boys, it's getting dark. We have to really get this underway. Remember the one time in this movie he got mad and he showed it and it was so jarring and it wasn't even over the top. It wasn't like, mother, he just got loud and guttural. 
And I was scared out of my fucking mind. Yeah, because what that says to me is that this is a man who has engaged in violence in the past. Like mm-hmm. physical, hand-to-hand, personal violence. Mm-hmm. Because, was it his name, Clark, the dog guy? Yeah. Is there, he says, Darcy, man. Before it gets too heated, he calms it down, and mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart straightens himself out and apologizes and everything. Yes. And that's what's so fucking deceptive is that gentlemanly personality, especially that like older Nazis get that, oh, we're, we don't want violence. We don't want violence at all. We just want whatever the fuck rhetoric they have. I, I just want to settle this situation. We just want that unregistered gun out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's all a lie. Yeah. It's all a fucking lie. Because the other witnesses, the one, the, the, the Nazis that they couldn't quite handle, they gave them hot shots in their heroin. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, throw the, throw the N-word bags at them so that it looks like they got jumped. He knew they weren't going to do it. He knew that they were going to hit the hot shots themselves and fucking... Yeah, they should stay away from that N-word dope. Yeah. I hear, hear there's a bad batch going around as in wink, wink. Right. You know they're shooting it. Yeah, well, yeah, because then they go out and get those specifically to give to the band before they leave. Yep. Exactly, and that that is just straight up devious. Yeah, it's oh, yeah a witness that we know that we can't control that isn't here. Right, it's going to go on their way, but we can't stop them because otherwise it'll it would be... look like something to the people here. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking disgusting, and that's why you can't ever like Gabe because no. he has no honor for his own. No, it's like is, and this is going to sound fucked up. But there's one thing I respect. I'll stay the fuck away from you. If you're down for your shit, whatever your shit is, I respect that you're down for that. Hey, I'm not about that. I ain't going to be around you. You do you. But I respect the fact that you have a conviction, whether I've got convictions, everybody's got convictions. And I, but <laughs> that he never took a stand one way or the other. He was always floating and he was always fucking everybody. There was no honor in this man at all. Nope. And... And then when I say, when I respect your down for your shit, I grew up with the idea of personal honor, familial honor, and being down for your crew. And that, if you're not down, it doesn't matter what you believe. If you're down for the crew, you're one of us, hey, you're fu- we don't like you, but fuck it. You're down when the swedge happens. He didn't have none of that. He had no honor for his own. He had no honor for, to try to save anybody. And uh, I, again, probably just because I agree, he has no honor. Fuck this guy. Yeah, f- fuck him. Fuck him right in the face. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love how unceremonious, again, I think his name's Clark, the yeah. dog fella. Yeah. I love how unceremonious his death is. Yes, I love that. There no honorable deaths. No clean deaths. Nope. It was all, fuck you, boom. Yeah, the guy wrestling with Anton Yelchin in that little basement when Imogen Poots walks up and through the struggle calmly loads a clip, cocks the gun, shoots him once in the neck, once in the head. Done. And you could tell that, that per, you know, in, in the uh, conceit of the movie, the person doesn't really know firearms, so that neck shot, the head shot, obviously had to be planned with squibs and everything, but it looked like somebody who didn't know firing procedure and just wanted to kill somebody. Ta-ta! Because that shot one in the neck, the spinish, neckish area, and as and the, the gun came up, yeah, and the recoil popped them in the head. Well, somebody had to know all that shit to set up the shot. So it looks like what we think a person, but it was planned, which shows the amount of detail they put in this motherfucker. 
who can think of all that shit and keep track of all that? That's just amazing. Yeah, and I forget. I again, I, I forget what uh, Patrick Stewart says, but I love the image in Poots. Just <laughs> please tell me those are his last stupid fucking words. <laughs> And then he tries to just march away, and they just blast his ass apart. And I love the effect. They didn't shy away from the one shot to the dome and the blood spurt. I don't even know if blood spurts from your cranial area, but fuck, it does now. <laughs> In my head, that's how I imagine all headshots are. Because you never see them like that. You see them to the side or the back of the neck or in the mouth, and so everything's contained. No, you see the fucking bullet. You see the squib. You see everything. Poop gout of blood and it was so real it was scary and that's again the uh the restraint in this film to have any uh sensational moments that i i, I don't want to say sensational but like over sensationalized right we'll say because in that ending shot patrick stewart turns around with his gun and fires it and just hits something on the side of the right fucking which is building. realistic yeah he doesn't get one more shot off and hit anton yelchin right. then it does the above the shot from above camera while it pans up and swirling yeah, yeah. and anything while he dies after this long battle no he just straight up misses and all of the deaths in this nothing was celebratory nothing was stage staged where it looked pretty I'm, I, that's a weird way to say it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It was all gross. It was just like, you're fucking dead, and it's not good, and it's messy, and it's ugly, and it's stupid. All the deaths were stupid. Mm -hmm. And not in the way that they showed the banality of violence in other movies we've seen. They just said, stupid people doing stupid shit get stupid killed. Yeah. And not one iota of sadness. There's no strings playing. There's no... No, nah, fucking dumb people doing dumb shit getting killed. Yeah, because after the one Nazi shoots, I think it's Daniel mm -hmm. from behind the bar. Yeah. He gets shot in the head. And he says something about, like, too late and comes in to kill the other ones. He basically gets, like, his shotgun pressed up against the wall. They spray him in the face with a fucking fire extinguisher. Because, mm -hmm. again, it's just shit laying around. There's yeah. no sensationalized violence. And they didn't even set up MacGyver style. You didn't see a... a a shot of the thing as you walked in the door. Yeah. It wasn't telegraphed. You're like, fuck, yeah. Because in your head, in my head, I was like, fuck, I, I would have thought of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Even if I wouldn't have, in my brain, I'm like, okay, I have to f make myself safe even though I'm in my living room because I'm watching this goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah, they get his shotgun up against the wall, spray him in the face with a fire extinguisher, and they hit him in the neck with a machete. Oh, God, that machete. And all the shots, because it's kept in this small compound... It's so interesting because all the bodies are still there. Yeah. All the time. And, I mean, it's not a hard thing to do because when you're planning a movie like this, when you have a certain amount of characters, like, yeah, there is a body here, there is a body here, and they clear some out. Mm -hmm. But there are dead bodies just laying everywhere. Oh, my God, yes. Again, Imogen Poots uses her dead friend with the knife in her head as oh a God. decoy to lure out And that scene show. early when they're like, aren't you, they're going to bleed all over the floor, this and that, how come they can't be dead, maybe they're not dead. And fucking walks up, yanks that fucking knife out of her fucking skull. No, he doesn't. He oh. picks her head by, uh, by the head. Yeah. Apparently that came from a uh, documentary that the director saw oh on my like, God. the BBC or some shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to put that in here. Oh, did they put that in here? Oh, God. And, oh, just you can see the body moving and he's yanking. And you can hear the grating of the bone. 
Yeah. That was not pleasant. No. That was not pleasant whatsoever. Any of the dog attacks, too, are just mm -hmm. absolutely fucking gut-wrenching. And they don't do the cheap... I mean, they don't show everything, but they don't... The camera angle stays pretty static. You can't see everything, but you swear you do. And, and that's even more jarring than the shaky cam and the movie cam. That fucks with you more because they artfully set it so you can't see except when they're pulling away, etc. But my brain filled it in, and because they didn't do the shaky cam, my brain wasn't going, oh, I see what you did there. I was just like, fuck. Yeah. So uh, how did you feel about the uh, very last shot of the film? Where they were just sitting there talking? Yep, and he says, I think I finally figured it out. My desert island band. She says, yeah, go tell somebody who gives a shit. Oh, and then they play bad brains. Yeah, and then they play bad brains. Which... Every movie should end with bad brains, as far as I'm concerned. That's fair. I mean, the color purple would have been <sighs> way better. Yeah. Had it ended in some bad brains. It ended with fearless vampire killers, you know, just something easy. The right brigade. Oh, no, we already just heard that one. Damn it. Uh, oh, God. Well, they, again, they're used to music. The fucking use of music. I Granted, Nostalgia Boy, it brings me back to old shows. It brings me back to... Fun times and bad times and fights in the parking lot and all that shit. So this was this was like um, Stranger Things for me as far as nostalgia. Yeah, because and that's another thing. That it's surprising that more movies like this don't exist. Because oh, they're gonna. There, are, there are the punk rock horror movies, but like, I mean, Misfits, Metalheads, Punk Rockers. That's kind of what makes up horror fans, generally speaking, is just weirdos. Yeah, but it would take... And not a lot of us made it through that scene. Yeah. And the ones that did didn't necessarily all go into creative things. They got a job and they did like the hippies and bought a house. Hey, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you're not going to see a lot of that. And, and the things that I do see don't ring true. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that's cute. They, they put a guy in a mohawk in there. They call it a punk. Oh. Well, I mean, those dudes exist. I know, but again, this is a big love letter. As scary as this movie is, this movie is a big love letter to punks, even though they showed it in the shittiest light. Yeah. We're stupid mother... But guess what? Why do you think I stayed with the scene? Why do you think I went into it? I'm not a smart man. I'm a dumb shit motherfucker. And uh, I found a scene that, that liked me, too. So fuck it. Here I am. Yep. And I will reiterate for the umpteenth time to any punk rockers out there. It is your responsibility to, if you see one swastika at a show, beat that motherfucker's ass. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, he will bring his friend, and then they'll bring their friends, and then you're overrun with fucking Nazis. They are a fucking plague. Keep then, them out of punk rock and anywhere in general. Yeah, because those Nazis, they have a saying, friends don't let friends fight alone. They swarm. So make sure there's just one. Yeah. <laughs> Be situationally aware. If there's a bunch of them, leave. If not, handle your functions. <laughs> yeah. You owe it to the rest of the punks. Yeah, you see him at the bar alone drinking with a friend, you harass that motherfucker till he never comes back. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Fuck shun, Nazis. Shun them motherfuckers. No, but for real, fuck Nazis. Yeah, fuck Nazis. <laughs> All right, I think I think we got green room out of the yeah. way. I hope this doesn't become our po most popular episode for the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, people know about this film. Yeah. All right, uh, so long story <sighs> short, would you recommend green If somebody just asked you, hey, what's a good movie? 
Would you say green room? Oh, yeah. I would, too, because I think it's a way to really shine a light on a very, very serious problem Mm -hmm. in this country. Like, we were talking about it earlier today, and, like, you know, the way this country's going, I 100% agree that we should be codifying Roe into law and protecting abortion rights. Fuck yeah. But I think this is white supremacy and white nationalism, I truly believe, is one of the worst things happening and should be our main focus in getting that under control because we can worry about abortion rights later. These motherfuckers are out killing people actively almost every fucking week. It's insidious, man. And if you're not paying attention, you should be. And to see something like this that's made as realistic as it could possibly be, it's a real eye-opener to people, which is why I think people kind of shy away when they hear about it, because it's intense. It is fucking intense. What scared me most about this fucking movie is not the overt Nazis. The thousands of millions of Gabes there are out there. Yep. And because I am Mexican and Jewish, but I don't look anything, I look vaguely Italian, I might be French, I might be Greek, whatever. I am constantly because i work in kitchens i work in construction i work the jobs that i can handle because i'm a punk and i'm not smart but the amount of casual racism that i run into on a fucking daily basis when i'm working a weekly basis no matter where i fucking go shows me how entrenched it is and it's just not even talking about the obvious Nazis. You hear somebody say some fucked up shit. It's on me to say something. Mm-hmm. Because they get over because everybody's polite. Well, fuck being polite to a Nazi. Yep. And even a half-ass Nazi, a half-ass racist motherfucker, I'm not going to sit here and go, hey, you're talking shit, I ain't about that. Um, we got a choice. We can either handle this one way or you can go. Because I don't need to be around it. And if I can't do that... I'm gone because I will not. Anyway, I almost got fired at work because uh, one of the other servers said some heinous shit, and I said, fucking deal with it. Or I will. (laughs) Because this is some, I I won't work around this shit. And that person had the, well, what, are you family mixed? I said, it doesn't make a fucking difference. It doesn't make a difference. You said that, and I ain't about that. If nothing else, it gets people to not talk around you. Yeah. And it no, and then other people have to decide whether they got to talk to that person because they know me. I ain't putting up with that shit, and if they, I won't say nothing if you don't say nothing. But you say something, it's an issue. Everybody knows it's an issue. So now they got to figure: is this person out of pocket, or do they agree with them? But I've set the line. Always set your line. Don't accept it. Don't ever accept it. If you have a choice and you have an option, fucking never accept it because the casual shit turns to the hardcore shit. I'm not here to change minds, and I'm never going to change minds if you're down, down. But these casuals are going to catch you if you don't stop. Yeah. Bottom line. And it, it doesn't start out as full-on Nazis. Mm-mm. That's not how it starts. It does start with this casual racism this casual talk and i will be the first to admit i've been guilty of it in the past oh i i i 
there's no excuse for it. No. I, I said things that I very much shouldn't have, but you have to realize that you're the issue. If that's the thing, that- you're the issue because you're feeding into this fucking problem. That's not stopping. It's only getting worse and it needs to be fucking addressed. And the funniest thing you talk about that I was raised and I didn't know I was raised this way. I was raised to hate Puerto Ricans straight up. I was raised that way. If I get I'm Mexican, they're Puerto Rican. There's something wrong with them. Blah, blah, blah. And, and when, and they were raised the same way, so it's obviously feeding itself. I didn't realize that I was racist because I'd fight against that shit my whole life, right? Didn't realize I was racist until we had one of the, um, one of the guys working with was Puerto Rican. And I let slip something. And he's like, what the fuck you just say? I'm like, oh, holy shit, that was some racist shit. And he's like, fuck yeah, it was. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that I was racist until that came out of my mouth. I'm like, fuck, I had to do some, some real soul searching and some real thinking because I was indoctrinated unknowingly by culture, by happenstance and by whatever. So that's how insidious it is. It can become ingrained. It can become generational. It can become just a way you think. And it, you don't even think of it as good or bad. It's just this is how we talk. This is how it happens. And this is how we live. Nothing bad about anybody else, but yes, it is. And that's where it gets sneaky, and that's where it gets insidious. Yep. Uh, I want to throw out there, too, uh, another really good movie to watch about uh, sort of right-wing extremism, not necessarily Nazis, more uh, aimed at, like, militia-y types, is uh, Standoff at Sparrow Creek. Oh, I've heard about that. If you can find that, that is a very, very good look at how these... Uh, organizations, for lack of a better term, work. Mm-hmm. Because they're out there. They're out there in droves, and it's a problem that needs to be fucking addressed mm-hmm. now. And that's why I didn't want to um, exclude this film from our kind of discussion. Right. Because, again, I'm not going to watch something that's just blatantly racist. Mm-hmm. Not going to do it. But when it's concerning something that's as very serious as this and will give people who might not know or care a look at how insidious these fucking organizations, for lack of a better word, are, mm-hmm. the better. And there needs to be eyes on this. Absolutely. Jesus goddamn Christ. <laughs> we can't go a fucking week without a goddamn shooting from these fucking Nazi pigs. <sighs> so yeah, punch Nazis. Punch every fucking Nazi you see. Yeah, fuck those guys. All right. James, hmm. have we got anything? Uh, where can people find us? Ah, they can find us on horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. That's the, I'm getting better every week, goddammit. N- nope. <laughs> hey, I got... We have done this every week for God knows how long. Hey, I almost had it this time, goddammit. You damn sure it. did. Thank you. Baby steps, buddy. Baby, baby steps. steps. Don't worry, baby bird. Daddy will feed you. Tee-hee. Hey. I don't have a hot rag again this week, goddammit. So, I got right, chest hair, real, motherfucker. Real stupid thing, but I feel I need to share this. So, me, yeah, this is going to be real dumb, but it's one of my favorite things that I've said in quite some time, so I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, 
me and Kayla play the Mobile Legends or whatever, uh-huh. and there's a character called Gord, mm-hmm. and then she plays one called Layla, and you okay. can get it's called the Lord. It's you know you defeat this big thing. It's a giant minion that helps your side. Gotcha. So so I've gotten into calling it uh Layla <laughs> Layla the Lord and Big Papa Gord. Oh, Jesus. Because oh, I because I really like calling myself Big Papa Gord. Absolutely, I like it when you call me Big Papa. I don't know why it really tickles my ribs. Oh my god! Ah, on that note, uh, you can also find us. Uh, we have a Facebook group and Instagram page. And uh, if you wouldn't mind going somewhere, give us a couple stars. Uh, give us all the stars. All the all of them, mm-hmm. or at least some. Well, they they only really look at them if there's all of them. Well, yeah, I mean, don't give us, like, two. That's nah. stupid. Just go go for the one. If you really hate us, just go for the one. Go or, for or, or call us and yell at us, or get on our Facebook page and yell at us. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you. Eh. Well, maybe. No, I probably will, because I ain't got much else going on. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, support us. Yeah, support us, us. Give us all your money. Not yeah. sure how. I don't know. Enough likes, and maybe we get monetized some here. Yeah. <laughs> give, give, give us all, all the sweet pre- podcasting money. Oh. Yeah. Those fives of dollars. Hey, we can cover our coffee. No, we can't. Okay. No. No, 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 no. no. If, no. if it's $5 a month, that would take three years. No, not three. Um, that would take six months to yeah. get one bag of coffee. Yeah. It's about 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, you know, that sweet, sweet podcasting money. Give yeah. us five stars. Yeah. So so we can have coffee, apparently. Hell yeah. I don't know. It's cold in this garage. Coffee's good. It is cold in this garage. We should get out of here. Uh, good night. All right, goodbye. For, what an unceremonious ending. Dude, we fucking... What a bunch of fucking twerps we are. We started 20 minutes before. Oh, shit, I missed the button. Fuck. Terrified.